how often are we given a choice of what's for dinner based on what meat is central on the plate? Will you have the beef, the chicken, or the fish, ma'am? And even when we're making it for ourselves, those are our decisions, right? So I can totally understand why people have no idea how to balance out their plates when the central focus suddenly disappears from the equation. I was in that place many years ago, and it's why I went back to school to be a nutritionist when I went vegan. But I don't want you to have to do that. So let's talk about balancing our plates. The cool thing about plant foods is that they're more naturally balanced than animal foods. So it's easier to get a more balanced diet without having to plan or meticulously track what you're eating. And the thing people often misunderstand about getting a balanced diet is that you don't have to eat perfectly balanced meals if you put your focus on getting balanced through the day. For example, you don't need to balance carbohydrates and protein at every meal or get a balance of vitamin A and calcium on every plate. So when we talk about nutrient balance, the largest section of your daily intake should be water. Not just the water that you drink, but the water in your food. For instance, dry cereal has no water content and needs some liquid with it to correct that. Oatmeal, on the other hand, is cooked or soaked with water and has a good ratio in itself. The next largest section of your diet is carbohydrates. Some people worry about getting too many carbs by eating plant foods. Carbohydrates are your body's main source of energy for your body and for your brain. And they are completely healthy if you eat them in the form of whole foods, like whole grains, vegetables, and fruit. Since they also have a lot of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, water, and fiber. Fiber is also a carbohydrate, but its role is to facilitate digestion rather than give you energy. So it doesn't actually add any calories. Fat makes up the next largest section. Your body needs enough dietary fat to function, maintain metabolism, and absorb and utilize minerals and certain vitamins. People with cold hands and feet, amenorrhea, which is when you miss menstrual periods, or dry skin, hair, or throat may need more fats in their diet, and particularly saturated fats like coconut oil. To be clear, eating healthy fat in reasonable amounts doesn't make you fat. And the saturated fat in coconut oil does not contribute to any of the markers for heart disease the way animal-based saturated fats do. It's the different type of saturated fat, and you can look up uh, medium-chain versus long-chain saturated fatty acids if you're curious. Protein follows closely after fats. It's not nearly as hard as people think to get enough protein from plant foods. All whole plant foods have some protein in them. If you eat enough calories from a balanced and varied diet and include legumes regularly, you should get more than enough protein and all the essential amino acids, which are the building blocks of protein. You do not have to combine different foods in a single meal to get the essential amino acids together. That's a common misconception. If you eat different foods within 48 hours, the amino acids will be there in your body and they'll get together to do their job. So most people should aim for 60 to 70% carbohydrate, 20 to 30% fat, and 10 to 15% protein in their daily diet with up to 20% protein for elite athletes. And that's a percentage of calories. 
the specific percentage that works for you might be at the higher or lower end of those ranges. But when I say it's for most people, those ranges are appropriate for about 98% of the population. That's actually the definition of where those ranges come from. It's that it's appropriate for 98% of the population. Where you fall within the ranges might change a bit through your life, through the seasons of the year. So listen to your body. But there is no benefit in going outside those ranges. Even the biggest bodybuilders never need to get more than 20% protein. And it can actually be harmful to your kidneys and to your metabolism. Converting that to grams, if your energy needs are about 1,500 calories, which I find to be the average of my clients, that works out to 225 to 263 grams of carbohydrates, 33 to 50 grams of fat, and 38 to 56 grams of protein per day. And then it's physically a small component, but it's nutritionally huge, are the micronutrients. Vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, phytonutrients, and maybe a whole lot more names we don't even know about yet. If you're like most people, though, you don't look at foods as carbohydrates or fats or vitamins, but as rice or avocados. The thing is, most whole plant foods are made up of a mix of water, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, and micronutrients. They're all there. So let's look instead at the proportion you should be getting of each group of whole plant foods. Fruits and vegetables are made up largely of water and carbohydrates, some with a good proportion of protein and some with fat. They're the richest source of micronutrients, and these are most available from fresh raw produce. So fruits and vegetables should make up the biggest part of your diet and at least half of the volume of your food. A serving is about half a cup, and you can eat as much and as many different types as you can handle. Leafy greens should be eaten every day, at least a cup's worth, but the more you get, the healthier you'll be. Starchy vegetables like squash and sweet potatoes are a good way to make a more filling meal that's still mostly vegetable. Whole grains are mostly complex carbohydrate with a good balance of protein and fat, along with minerals and some vitamins, and they're cooked so that they absorb a lot of water. Grains should be the next biggest part of your diet, making up 20 to 30% of the volume of what you eat, so about a quarter. A serving of cooked whole grains is about half a cup, and most people digest them really well, so you can have more than one serving in a meal if you want. Beans and legumes are really similar to whole grains in their nutrient breakdown, mostly complex carbs with protein and fat, minerals, some vitamins, and water. Now, beans and legumes can cause some gas, especially when you first start eating them. But they have important nutrients that you need for balance, particularly the amino acid lysine. So be sure to eat them on a regular basis. And there are some ways to offset the gas, which we'll go over later. One of the best ways is that you don't need to eat a huge amount in one serving. They can be about half the volume you have for whole grains, so 10 to 20% of your overall food. A serving of cooked beans or legumes is also about half a cup, and depending on how well you digest them, you might have more than one serving in a meal, but particularly when you're starting out, 
just go with half a cup. Nuts and seeds are a great source of healthy whole food fats and minerals. They pack a lot of goodness in a small package, so you don't need to eat much of them to get what you need. You can keep it to one or two servings a day. One serving is about two tablespoons of whole nuts and seeds. Nut and seed butters are more concentrated since they're ground up, so a serving for them is one tablespoon. Whole foods like nuts, seeds, avocados are the best source of healthy fats. And if you use oils, just try to keep them minimal. You can easily saute vegetables for two people with just a teaspoon of oil. That doesn't mean you should never eat oils though. And some people can actually benefit from concentrated fats. Flax oil or concentrated DHA might be necessary for someone with issues digesting and utilizing omega-3 fatty acids from seeds. People with cold hands and feet, dry skin, hair, or throat may need more fats in their diet, like I said, particularly the saturated fat in coconut oil. So to help tie this together, I've put together a visual of what a balanced vegan plate would look like. So fruit and vegetables should make up about half of your plate. I put them in one category because for breakfast, you're going to probably have fruit, unless you have a savory breakfast, in which case you use vegetables. Uh, and then for lunch and dinner, it's probably more like vegetables than fruit. Either way, fruit and vegetable, half your plate. The other half should be made up of equal parts, approximately, whole grains and healthy proteins and fats. So the healthy proteins and fats are beans, legumes, nuts, seeds. Spices and seasonings are important for flavor and nutrition, so I put them in there as a small sliver. The exact percentages aren't too crucial, so just aim for this relative breakdown through your day. And then sweeteners and oils help make healthy meals tastier, but I didn't put them on there because you want to use them sparingly. And don't forget to drink plenty of water. Most people need about one and a half liters per day, but you may need more or less depending on your size and lifestyle and what exactly you're eating because like I said, food contributes water as well as just drinking water. Okay, now it's time to put this into practice. We're gonna make a meal that has all the components of a balanced plate. I've got a recipe for you for roasted vegetables with cooked quinoa. And the quinoa serves as both a whole grain and a bean. And a creamy orange ginger dressing. So it can be easy, healthy, and delicious all at once. Bon appétit. I will see you tomorrow for more tips on making this healthy vegan stuff taste amazing. Till then, have a good one.